Hey, Jen, want to talk about sexual red flags? I'm warning you. Great. Today we're going to discuss sexual warning signs of deeper relationship problems. Let's do it. to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Do we sound nice and relaxed and refreshed? Oh, we should because we are. We definitely are. We just returned a couple of hours ago from a weekend away. We were able to slip away on Thursday when Matt got off work and got back this afternoon, and it was amazing. Yes. Uh, just a couple of days of doing absolutely nothing. Just yes. absolutely perfect in a tiny little cabin in the middle of nowhere east Absolutely texas nowhere <laughs> uh, yeah no, nothing around for miles and miles uh, so just quiet and perfect we we checked in with all of our food and we did not leave that location for uh, more than 48 hours so it just was an absolutely amazing hardly any cell phone reception there which made it even better. Yes, even better. <laughs> Disconnected for a little while. So uh, we, we certainly enjoyed that. And uh, that's this was our post-retreat uh, escape. Yes, uh, we always we, plan those yes. after the retreat. Usually uh, retreats in the September, and we usually try to get away in October. Didn't happen this year, so it's been a little bit... A little bit of space in between. A delayed uh, uh, rest and relaxation weekend. But But it's our way of recovering from the work of retreat. And so, ironically, or maybe not ironically, you want to tell them what happened last week, Matt? Right before we left. The day that we left, uh, on, on Thursday, the day that we left, we signed papers for... Uh, to reserve the venue for the 2023 Intimate Covenant Annual Marriage Retreat. That's right. So very we're excited. We're doing to- it again. We- I talked her into it. <laughs> <laughs> we were able to sign another contract with Houston City Place Marriott in the Woodlands, um, the same location. We've had it for the last three years, gorgeous facility. And so we are doing it again next year. September 21st through the 23rd. Yep. So dates mark are your reserved. calendars. Yeah, dates are reserved. Papers are signed. Commitments have been made. So That's right. Uh, and again. we spent part of our time away uh, fleshing out some possible themes and topics. So we have some really great ideas for this year. We do. Something all brand new and fresh. So really looking forward to that uh, possibility. Yeah, and so registration for forward, that. Yeah, looking forward for you to, to see you there. Mm-hmm. And so your registration will open on February 14th. This is our Valentine's Day gift for you guys. So uh, before that, we'll we'll have released the theme for the year and uh, some of the topics. So stay tuned for that. But mark your calendars, September 21st through the 23rd. We're doing it again. All right, great. And with that, let's move on to the topic of the day, which is 
sexual signs of relationship problems. Have you ever thought this or, or maybe even said this out loud, something along the lines of, you know, the rest of our relationship is just perfect. We just can't agree on sex. Mm-hmm. Or if we just had more sex or better sex, my marriage would be so much better. We know you've thought it because we've heard you tell we, it to us. We hear people say this yeah. uh, on a regular basis. We know they're thinking it. We know maybe some of us have even thought it before. Both of those things, absolutely. But I, I think one thing that we want to really emphasize with this episode is that your sexual relationship is a reflection of your marriage as a whole. Right. And it's not something that you can just kind of put in a box or put in a bubble. And, right. um, you know, Corey Allen, who's somebody that we've been listening to for a long time and who's been in the marriage podcast world for a long time. Uh, one of the things that he says commonly is that how you do sex is how you do life. Right. And I think by that he's meaning, um, you know, your sex life is not separate from every other part of your marriage. Um, you know, that, that idea of everything about our marriage is really perfect. We're each other's best friends. We just don't agree about sex. When you dig down deep, there's more to that. Yeah, I, I think what you find is that the, the way that you relate to sex with your spouse uh, is also how you relate to your spouse in in every other way in the relationship. And so when there is conflict sexually, it, it is also being manifested in your relationship uh, or it's being ignored or covered up in other ways in your relationship that just aren't being manifest quite as obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is... I think reasonable to acknowledge and recognize that in many relationships, uh, the sexual relationship is where those problems come to be seen and played out because I think in part because there is just so much vulnerability and intimacy required in a sexual relationship that that's often where sometimes these conflicts come to fruition, Mm -hmm. but also the sexual relationship is a place where many couples are afraid to have conversations. Absolutely. I think that really is um, a a big component of this. And, And I mean, honestly, it's why we do this podcast. It's why we have become the people who talk about sex, right? Because this often is the area of our marriages that we are struggling the most to have conversations. Right, right. So I think the the short version of this introduction is that your, your sexual conflicts and your difficulties are always rooted in deeper relational issues. And that's something I think we should all be mindful of and be introspective about. So with, with this episode, we want to do things maybe a little bit differently. We kind of designed this episode a little bit differently than, than the norm. Um, but we want to list a few common situations that probably suggest that there are significant, broader, and deeper issues in your relationship. Right. Now, now we are not going to be able to fully dissect each of these situations um, and lay out all the potential causes, effects, solutions to the problems. But I think what we want to do with this episode is just to try and draw attention to some readily identifiable but really often overlook signs of bigger problems. Right, right. It's really easy to dismiss sexual problems. 
because many of us have been, kind of been trained or programmed by our culture or otherwise to just try to compartmentalize our sexuality, right? Right. It's very easy to believe that our sexual problems are not that important since, you know, it's such a small part of our lives. It's a small part of our marriage, right? We think, I can live with this problem since it's only really an issue, you know, once or twice a week. Right. We think that we can set aside the sex problems and have a good marriage in every other aspect and just leave the sex problems off to the side. But and, that's not really what happens. And, and Right. And we, we may be inclined to want to ignore those sexual problems because, again, we may be ashamed to talk about it. We, we mm-hmm. may be ashamed to talk about it with our spouse. We may be ashamed to talk about it with anybody else. Right. So uh, many of us, may, maybe most of us, have never had a mentor or a guide in helping teach us or or help us learn about our own sexuality. Um, the, the, the conspicuous silence in our homes and in our churches about sex uh, has, has caused us to feel ashamed or confused or scared to talk about it with, with our spouse or with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, again, we want to emphasize with this episode that sexual problems should not be ignored because they might sometimes be the earliest warning sign that there is some important issue in your relationship. Right. And some of these warning signs might be pointing to problems that will be catastrophic if not addressed properly. Right. Even if your sex life is all that seems to be affected in the moment. Which, Which, right, probably not. Probably is not true, right? (laughs) But even if that's all that seems to be affected, most sexual conflicts and most problems will eventually manifest in other areas of your relationship. So, again, we're going to talk about some sexual warning signs Recognize from the outset that these sexual warning signs are not just limited to your sex life. They will and probably are already manifest in other areas in your relationship. It's just maybe these are places where we might see them in their fullest or in fruition, or maybe they're just most easily recognized in your sex life. Hopefully, you're going to listen to these situations and not hear your marriage at all. And if so... That's great. great. Maybe maybe these don't <laughs> actually right. describe your current situation. But my guess is most of us will see either ourselves at one point or maybe ourselves right now. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we want to offer is if you recognize some of these situations in your own marriage and sex life, please stop ignoring them. Yeah. Please take the time, put in the effort to address the issues and if needed, find someone to help you. Yeah, there are lots of people willing and able to help. Right. And, you know, even if you have a great, healthy marriage and sex life, we hope that going through this episode, you'll use this time to maybe some, take some inventory of your relationship mm-hmm. and your sex life. Um, you know, we would predict that some of these situations might resonate because, frankly, it's just not hard to imagine your sexual relationship moving into some of these wrong yeah, directions. Some of these things might not be real familiar, but they might be close. And right. so that that's a good reason to kind of take an assessment. At the same time, perhaps some of these situations sound familiar because you've lived them and you are continuing to overcome some of these poor behaviors and these, these unhealthy mindsets, these poor situations. 
Um, hopefully if that's the case, this is motivation for you to keep fighting the fight. Right. Keep your relationship moving in that right direction. Right. And, you know, honestly, evaluating yourself, your spouse, your sex life, and your attitudes about sex, that's what healthy people do. Right. Um, and, and so we hope that this episode will help you in that honest evaluation. And if you do that, then and realize that, you know, there are some changes that need to be made, then make certain that you're making those changes. And overall, that you're trending in a direction that is godly and and a vibrant sex life. Right. Good. Perfect. All right. So, Matt, let's go through some of these situations. Okay. So, uh, the first one that um, just ended up on our list, and I don't know that we put these in any particular order (laughs) per se, but uh, I think one important sexual sign, one warning sign is if you are simply not having sex or Mm -hmm. if you are not touching as a couple, if you are not kissing as a couple. And, and, you know, it seems like this is like a no brainer, right? I mean, this is the obvious sexual sign. I think this is first because this is clearly a problem, right? right? Clearly it's a no brainer when it comes to recognizing that there is a clear relationship problem. But I think honestly, though, Matt, most people would be surprised at how common this situation really is among Christian married couples. Yeah, I've read statistics of up to 10 to 15 percent of all married couples are in a sexless marriage. And by sexless marriage, I'm, we're, I'm defining that the way that most experts would that, not that I'm an expert, but um, <laughs> I'm defining it the way that most experts are in that this is a relationship where the couple is having sex less than 10 times per year. Right. Or I mean, less than once per month. I was going to say a- around once per month, maybe a little bit less than once per month. So that's not really actually sexless, but it is from the standpoint that that sex is happening so infrequently that real connection is not, you know, routinely being made through that yes. sex. And, and that frequency of sexual uh, intimacy is correlated with a poor sexual satisfaction within the relationship and is also correlated with a poor overall level of satisfaction with the marriage as a whole. Um, Lack of sexual relationship and lack of other physical intimacy is a clear indication that your relationship has drifted apart uh, in many ways, not just physically, but in in probably every other way. Um, You know, again, sex is not an optional component of marriage. Uh, the the Bible, even in as early as Genesis two, when the marriage relationship is defined, sex is is a requisite of marriage mm-hmm. as God defines it um, in Genesis two. It is this idea of becoming one flesh. Right. That's how He defines marriage. That's how He uh, God separates marriage from other relationships. Right. It is that one fleshness of and, the and relationship. It is- it is what mar- makes marriage the most unique relationship, right? Yes. This is not happening anywhere and else. And the most intimate. And, and, you know, always go back to define sex in the right way. Mm-hmm. This isn't just saying you have to always be having intercourse. But if you are not 
sharing sexual energies together, if you are not enjoying one another sexually in, in, in more than just intercourse in any way, that's a problem. Absolutely. And frankly, that's a problem that doesn't typically just happen overnight. It definitely doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> uh, it, it's it, Most of the time, this is something that is a reflection of week of months or even years of drifting apart. Right. And if that's the case, it's very likely that professional counseling is going to be required to save this relationship from divorce or to save it from complete alienation. Right. You you may never get divorced, but you might be roommates for yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah. And, and so so if this is your marriage, recognize that obviously this is a relationship problem. This yeah. isn't just a sex problem. Yeah. And it's not a godly marriage. It, it might be a marriage in the technical term, but it's not a godly and holy and healthy relationship. Right. All right. Another situation that might be a sign that, that you have relationship problems is if your spouse isn't talking to you about your sexual relationship. Hmm. That's interesting. But because, you know, we, we think about this, we, or we don't necessarily think about this in terms of, um, is my spouse reaching out to me to talk to me about my sexual relationship? Right. And, and I get it. You know, in every relationship, one of you is going to be a pursuer. One is you, of you is going to be a responder when it comes to the sexual relationship. And right. that means that one of you is going to be much more inclined to talk about your right. sexual relationship. But, but, you know, I think we can look at our story and see that, the times in our marriage where I was not inclined to talk about our sexual relationship as a whole, mm-hmm. I, I can look back now and see that our sex life, our married life, our whole relationship was lacking because of that. Yeah, you know, there, it was a symptom. There, there was definitely a lot of imbalance and, Absolutely. and definitely a lot of conflict. Right. So it's not just about... Well, but my spouse isn't comfortable talking about sex. It it is there's there's a deeper reason to that. And frankly, if your spouse isn't talking or doesn't want to talk about sex, you need to know why. Yeah, because you you both need to have a voice. Yes. In co-creating a sexual relationship. Otherwise, right. it's not really a relationship. It's just a one-sided exchange, or it's a, right. certainly an imbalanced exchange. It's not a, a and, and an equal that, relationship. That's when you know you can end up very quickly then in a place where sex is about an obligation. Sex is just physical um, because you're not bringing in that emotional component through your words mm-hmm. in talking about sex. And so, if your spouse doesn't want to talk to you about sex, ask them the questions like and, and consider. Um, do they not feel heard anymore? Yeah, whether it do, comes to sex or otherwise. Do they not want to talk about sex because maybe you have controlled the conversation mm-hmm. so much that they don't feel like they have a voice? Right. Um, you know, maybe they don't want to talk about sex because they have past pain or trauma. And so it brings up those wounds. Um, or, or is there other significant conflict or just lack of closeness in your relationship that makes it hard to talk about sex. Sex is very vulnerable. Yes, right. And talking about it is bearing your soul. And so if you don't want to talk about it, that says something about your willingness to be vulnerable with one another. Absolutely. You've got to learn how to have 
engaging and equal conversation um, and give and take in those conversations, not just about sex, but about everything. And if you've not learned those skills and if your spouse doesn't feel comfortable having a conversation with you um, about intimate Mm-hmm. vulnerable things, then mm-hmm. that's going to manifest in so many other ways besides Absolutely. just your sexual relationship. Right. So that might be a sign of, of a relationship so, yeah. problem that you've got yeah. going it, on. It's one thing for you to say, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem talking about sex. I feel very comfortable about it. But is your spouse willing to engage that conversation? And if mm-hmm. not, that's a problem. Right. Another um situation that might show that you have a relationship problem and um, would be if sex feels like an obligation to mm-hmm. you um, or if you know that it feels like an obligation to your spouse right, um, right. you know we've talked about this idea of mercy sex that um, if mercy sex is sex where you're just offering your body in order to get the job done mm. that is sex that is passionless. That is sex that is not connected sex. Exactly. And so if you find yourself regularly offering this mercy sex, if sex to you is just an item on your to-do list, um, that is a sign that that this is a problem. Um, And we've done a couple episodes actually about this, episode 29 and then a (laughs) 2.0 version of Mercy Sex, Um, episode 106, we talked about the difference between a quickie and Mercy Sex. Yeah, that's that's an important distinction, and maybe you should go back and listen to the episodes. Absolutely, listen to those. But, you know, if your spouse just doesn't seem to be into sex, um, if you are the spouse who often feels like your spouse is just presenting their body, you need to not be okay with that. Yeah. Why, why are you accepting mercy sex? Yeah, be, be observant on, on either side, whether sex feels like an obligation to you or if you're getting the impression that your spouse feels like sex is an obligation. In either case, be observant and be willing enough to confront that. Absolutely. Uh, so that that's because that's just not something that um, is going to lead to a vibrant and healthy sex life. And that's definitely going to spill over into the rest of your relationship. And it may be coming from another place in your relationship yes, as well. Absolutely. All right. Another potential problem is when one of you is not having regular orgasms. Now, you have heard us say many a time that orgasm is not your goal. So this may feel like we're changing our tune, but we're not. <laughs> well, look, while orgasm is not the goal, it is a very important part of sex Absolutely. for both of you, for men and women. It's it, it's a crucially important part of sex and ought to be enjoyed to its fullest. Now, I mean, last week we... we went on and on about how orgasm is not the goal. So (laughs) like Jen said, maybe we're changing our tune a little bit and that's not true. It's possible to hold both of these truths at the same time. That's right. Orgasm is not the goal, but it is important. But it is important. Right. Right. We're not asking everybody to just throw orgasms out the window. (laughs) They are important. Yes. They are not your goal though. Connection is your goal. That's right. Orgasm is the byproduct 
of connection. It is. Do you it see is. how I did that? I, I tied it all together. Well, for it us. can be. It, <laughs> orgasm can also just mean that your body works like it's supposed to and may have nothing to do with connection. So okay, there that's you go. That's a whole that's other true. side of it. But look, we, we talked all about this in three, we did a, a three part series on orgasm a we few months did. ago. Episodes 86 to 88. Yeah. Um, so if you want to talk more about orgasm and the importance and, and improving that, go check those episodes out. But recognize that lack of orgasm may indicate that your partner is just simply not properly informed about what is required for an orgasm, Mm -hmm. or you may have not effectively communicated what you need to your spouse. You you may not know what you need. You may not have even put in enough effort into figuring out your body to Mm -hmm. even understand yourself what you need. But recognize that that's something that needs to be solved, right? Absolutely, because I mean, you you have to be an active participant mm-hmm. in advocating for your own sexual pleasure. Sexual pleasure is important. Yes, but your spouse is not a mind reader. Right. And so they may need some instruction. It, it, again, I think we even mentioned this last week that it, it's book knowledge is great and important and your partner may know all the parts mm-hmm. and they may be able to you know, draw and outline the diagram quite effectively, but it's <laughs> it's one thing to know where the labia minora is. It's another thing to know how to please your partner's labia, right? So that's an entirely yes. different thing. Right. And so you, you've got to recognize the importance of knowing your body and knowing your spouse's body. But it may also be that an inability to reach orgasm might suggest that there's some some shame or anxiety or fears that are limiting your sexual arousal. You may not have actually brought these to the surface Mm. and dealt with them. That's right. Um, And obviously we all know that, you know, keeping shame and anxiety and fear hidden within ourselves, that's not healthy. Exactly. So there, there could be a lot of reasons why you're not reaching orgasm. It, It could be that there are, you know, other physical or medical reasons why you're struggling to to reach orgasm. And some of these have really actually easy solutions, Mm -hmm. but it requires you taking time, putting in the effort to understand all of this and may even require you talking to a doctor. Yes, a doctor knows that you have an orgasm. And they know usually (laughs) how to help you have more if that's what is needed. And there is no shame and talking to your doctor about this. That's all part of the job. That's all part of That's their right. business. Uh, but again, I, I, I think it, it's important to even just reiterate and reemphasize. If one of you is not having regular orgasms, and, and I think it's important to note, we're not saying that one of you is not having orgasms every single time. Absolutely. That's not what we're saying. Not Both of you may not actually want or even have the full ability to achieve an orgasm every single time. Some people need a longer buildup yes. in between. Right. But if one of you is, if you're not having regular orgasms, that is a problem. If your mm-hmm. spouse is not having regular orgasms, that may suggest a problem that needs to be addressed. Right. And the problem may be one or both of That's you. That's right. Exactly. So do some digging. All right. Another potential problem is when sex in your marriage is one-sided, meaning that one of you demands a lot without offering much in return. 
And so you know this is the case when sex is over, when, when frankly, when one of you decides it's over, usually after their orgasm. Mm. Like, you know, if it's frequently that one of you has an orgasm and then all of a sudden everything just ends, whether or not you both have enjoyed it or not, that might be an indication that this is one-sided sex. Yeah, it, it, it may manifest that if, you know, if one of you is just not interested in spending the time or learning to offer pleasure to your spouse, it kind of goes back to the, this previous point. But if one of you is just not, if your spouse is just simply not spending the time or taking the time or even interested in trying to learn how to offer pleasure to you, that is a big red flag and a warning sign. It, it is very likely that this level of selfishness is also manifesting in other areas of the relationship as well. Absolutely. Right? It, it's, yeah. it's very likely that this one-sided spouse has a hard time seeing beyond their own individual preferences and pleasure. And, and frankly, 1 Corinthians 7 speaks to this, right? I mean, whether you are a husband or a wife, willful neglect of your spouse's sexual pleasure is a sin. Absolutely, 100%. And that, again, you can't say it loudly enough. Whether you are a husband or a wife, exactly, neglecting your spouse's sexual pleasure is a sin. And this kind of behavior really constitutes abuse. Mm-hmm. And it likely suggests that there may be abuse and manipulation in other areas of the relationship as well. So if this is going on in your relationship, now, granted, sometimes this may be occurring out of ignorance. There are probably some spouses, and I'll just point the finger at some men, who just simply don't recognize that a woman, that their wife's sexual pleasure is important or that they Mm -hmm. even deserve it or desire it Mm -hmm. because of the way that sometimes the church and other cultural contexts have taught. It may just be ignorance, but if if that's where it is, then that then you need to speak up. Right. If this is because of your spouse's selfishness and their unwillingness to see your need and and deserving of pleasure, you also need to speak up. Right. But to be completely clear, if this is because you're in an abusive relationship, you must get help. You must contact the authorities, contact your elders, contact other faithful men who can and should and hopefully will protect you and help hold your spouse accountable. Do not just take abuse. Don't suffer in silence. Don't suffer in so-called submission. That's um, that's the wrong idea. That's not what submission means. Right. So, you know, kind of going along with that if you're in a situation where sex feels unsafe mm. or you find yourself often having sex when you don't want to, that is also a clear sign yeah. of a relationship problem. Yeah. Uh, if your spouse is repeatedly crossing your boundaries, if you've stated boundaries and your spouse is is repeatedly or consistently trying to cross those boundaries and is ignoring your preferences... Mm-hmm. That is a red flag. Absolutely. And that is a red flag that that might indicate that your spouse is an abusive spouse. And so, again, speak up and get the help. Um, you know, it, it may be that you feel unsafe in sex 
though, because of your own past sexual trauma. Right. Um, and, and that very much, you know, all too often I hear of sexual abuse victims who desperately try to think, okay, yes, that happened to me, but it happened in the past with a different person. And so I can enter into this marriage knowing that this person is safe. Well, yes and no. Sometimes. Because sometimes your brain can't separate out the sexual trauma that has occurred from the sexual pleasure that you want to have right now. And so that may cause you, even though you have the best intentions and your spouse has the best intentions, you may end up finding yourself in a place where sex feels unsafe. Mm -hmm. And so if that's your story, know that God has something so much better planned for you. And so you need to address your trauma because sex can feel wonderful and joyful and safe with the right person, with your beloved, but you've got to do the work of addressing that trauma. And and that may mean that your spouse, well, not may mean, it does mean it does that mean. That your spouse needs to know what your triggers are. They need to know where those sore spots are Mm -hmm. so that they can learn how to help you feel safe when intimate. And if you find yourself not feeling safe, speak up right in that moment. Change what you're doing right in that moment, even if all you can say is, I need to stop and I need you to hold me. Yeah. You won't ruin things. No. You, you'll just shift the shift the emphasis, shift the direction, right. change You've, direction. And, and good lovers know how to change direction and, and work with the moment. Right. And, and you will help decouple from your brain that sex is not safe right. if, if you will do the work of stopping and reassuring yourself. But ultimately, get the help that you need to make this... Uh, where your trauma can be put in the proper place. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, there are certainly other situations where sex may feel unsafe because you feel like you're being manipulated into having sex. Right. Like your your spouse is holding this over you, and if you don't have sex, then they're going to behave in a certain way. Or Mm -hmm. sometimes on the other side of this, you, you might feel like, Sex is never on your terms. Like right. sex only happens because my spouse allows it to happen and I have to behave in a certain way or I don't get sex. Right. It becomes a weapon or it becomes a tool yes. to control. It, yes. You know, one spouse may have the power to withhold sex um, and, and therefore manipulate sex. That is equally as damaging. Absolutely. Um and so, and and is is abusive. It is manipulating yes. and abusive, and and certainly wrong. And that's something that needs to be addressed if that's a problem in your relationship. Um, an, another situation that's maybe might be strange to think about on the surface, but if there is an overemphasis on frequency or an overemphasis on variety of sex. Uh, that sometimes could be a warning sign. Right, which we don't really think about that way, right? Like if if I heard of a couple having sex six, seven times a week, I probably my tendency is to first think, well, 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 good, well. Good for you. <laughs> good for them. But actually, some of the most sexually active couples are those with toxic relationships yes. when there's just an overemphasis on frequency. Yeah. Man, I'm not saying that just because you have sex every day or multiple times a day that that makes you 
uh, and it, that puts you in a toxic relationship. But I'm just saying sometimes this is a warning sign that mm-hmm. uh, gets overlooked because there are definitely couples who are using sex as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. to actually avoid the problems that are in their relationship. Right. They only know how to connect on a sexual lever- level. Right. They're good at providing sexual pleasure to each other. They know how two bodies can work together to bring about that pleasure, um, but they're using sex as a distraction from the real issues in their marriage. Right. It's the only kind of intimacy they know. Mm-hmm. So a- any other kinds of conversations or engagements or interactions result in conflict that they're unwilling to address. And so they use sex to distract themselves from that. Now, Sex is a great distractor, and that's one of the benefits of sex, but right. it can be used as a coping mechanism in an unhealthy way. Right. Uh, I, I but, mean, I, I was going to say, you know, I'm thinking sitcoms especially and movies love to, you know, highlight makeup sex, right? Like, you know, that the best sex you're going to have is the sex you have after a fight. But frankly, if that's true for you, that might be a sign that there is an an overemphasis on that physical connection mm-hmm. in a way that's kind of sweeping under the rug the emotional connection or disconnection that right. you really need to be facing. Right. So moving on though, I, I think and maybe this is where we where we uh, start to wrap this up, but one of the one of the important warning signs that I would encourage everybody to constantly take a look at is that if you, it is a warning sign. If you don't feel more connected during and after sex, if you have sex and you are not more connected mm-hmm. in the midst of it and afterwards, then something might be missing. And I'm talking about connected, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. Right. If you're having sex, just to check the box. If you're having sex because it's your wifely duty. Or if you're having sex because you have a physical need and your spouse needs to to give sex to you, um, that that can easily devolve into just two bodies, right? Yeah, it's just the, the, that that in, that exchange becomes just an exchange of bodily fluids rather than this one flesh soul binding experience that sex is supposed to be. Your sexuality should enhance your emotional and spiritual connection in your relationship. So if you feel shame after sex with your spouse, instead of feeling more connected, you might need to work on figuring out where that's coming from. If, If you are emotionally detached from sex, if you just present your body and you pull your mind away, you pull your, sec- your you pull your spirituality away, you're missing the point of your sexual relationship. Absolutely. Because sex should result in not just physical connection, but a deep and real emotional and spiritual connection. Yeah. So look for that. That that's what you should be looking for. That is a that is a sign that you're doing it right if you're getting more <laughs> connected afterwards. All right. Well, this is not a comprehensive list of relational problems, but we hope it's at least a good start to your conversations. Um, and if you can think of other concerns that belong on this list, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, you email us podcast at intimatecovenant.com or go to our website, intimatecovenant.com slash 
uh, podcast and click on the button that says uh, contact the podcast and you'll get an, a way to submit your question or feedback or concerns or uh, angry emails, whatever it is. You can send that to us anonymously uh, through the website. Right. Most, most importantly, we hope that you've been able to be honestly introspective about your own relationship. We don't point these things out to try to make people feel bad or to try to cause undue alarm, but we do want to further encourage you just to never ignore or dismiss your concerns about your sexual relationship right. because those kinds of concerns may be warning signs for something that is just far deeper and broader in your entire marriage relationship. So, right. And we, and we would encourage you to never hesitate to confront your concerns and get help where it's needed. Absolutely. All right, Matt, give us our wrap up. Your sexual relationship does not happen in a bubble. It is a reflection of the whole of your relationship and is affected by the quality of your spiritual, emotional, and physical intimacy. If there are signs of an unhealthy sexual relationship in your marriage, stop ignoring them and find someone to help. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about sexual warning signs in your relationship. How have some of the problems in your marriage been manifested in your sex life or vice versa? Thanks for subscribing, rating, and sharing the podcast. We appreciate you. Thanks for encouraging and supporting us. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thank you for listening. If you have something to add, we would invite your feedback, questions, and suggestions via our email, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. To submit anonymous questions and feedback, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com backslash podcast. Click on the button, contact the podcast for an anonymous submission form. In addition to this podcast, Intimate Covenant offers group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, weekend seminars, and an annual marriage retreat. We would love to continue the conversation about God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality with you and your friends. If you're interested in bringing us to your church or small group, please contact us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. May God continue to bless your marriage.